Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're all having an amazing day so far. I am so excited to be releasing this week's incredible episode with my main man, Mr. Zach Redder. So this episode was really special for me because I've been wanting to bring on a breathwork expert for some time now. You know, for those of you who don't know what breathwork is, breathwork is a it's essentially a practice of being conscious with your breath. So you are consciously moving energy through your body, through the breath, and that practice can allow you to deepen your awareness, cultivate more presence, and help you find and release stuck energy in your body. And best of all, the thing I love most about breathwork is that it's a tool accessible to all of us and it's completely free. And you know, I've been exploring the power of the breath more and more and more over the past years. I do a lot of healing work, whether it's with coaches or mentors or things outside of me. But the thing I love most about the breath is that it's it's in my body. You know, it's not like I'm taking a medicine to heal something inside of myself. It's not like I'm I'm listening, I'm getting information from someone outside of me so that I can connect deeper with my wisdom and knowing, no, the breath is me. And so when you can lean into your breath as your greatest teacher, you can experience some profoundly fulfilling takeaways and, and growth in your life. And that's what we really talk about on this week's episode. You know, we breathe around 20,000 times a day, and most of those are unconscious. And by bringing a more conscious practice to our breath, we give us a myriad of ways to elevate our potential, to unlock a gift that is within ourselves, to release negativity and and ascend into the highest versions of our own beings. And, you know, Zach is an incredible teacher. He's been doing breath work for years. He has incredibly profoundly transformative physical breath work retreats in his home in Sedona. And he does, he's an international speaker. He's a healer. I mean, he has been doing this for years. And for someone with so much mastery of the subject to come in and teach breath work in a way that was so simple was very helpful for myself. And we talk about so many different concepts about why we are so unconscious of our breath. What is the best way to breathe? Why Zach dedicated his life to breath work and, the, and why he chose this specific healing modality as the one that he shares with the world. He even shares a daily practice to bring more agency to the breath, how to be present with the discomfort in our bodies, what the link is between meditation and breath work, how do we lead from presence and not from our minds and so much more. And I just hope this episode reminds you and inspires you to access that healing power within yourself. Like, yes, we need healers. Yes, we need coaches. Yes, we need information and know-how, but you have innate wisdom within you. And I think the biggest travesty in humanity is that we've forgotten that we have access to that wisdom at any given moment through simple practices like the breath. And 
by bringing breath and a more conscious breath work practice into our daily lives, we can access a more connected way of living, a connected way of being that allows us to be our own teachers, to be our greatest gurus, and to step into the greatest versions of healing for ourselves. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the show on iTunes. All that means is that every single time I find an amazing new teacher, a new healer, a new story, it drops straight into your inbox and you can learn right alongside me. You know, Stay Grounded has always been a show where I bring on people that I want to learn from because it is it is in that curiosity that I find healing and growth. And so you know, every single time I release a new episode, it's somebody that I'm learning from. It's somebody that I am meeting on my journey of healing. And I, I'm just so excited and grateful for you guys to get to know Zach. So anyways, I feel like I've been talking for a while and I just can't wait for you guys to explore Zach. So without further ado, here is the amazing Mr. Zach Redder. Enjoy. Yo, 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 what's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're all having an amazing, brilliant, fulfilling day so far. I'm so excited to have my main man, Zach, here. Zach, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, man, I have been looking forward, like craving to have a conversation about the conscious use of breath and breath work and the incredible gateways that that specific tool can open for just healing and personal growth and awareness. And so I'd love to start with one, why are most people, including myself, so unconscious of our breath? One thing we could say is because minds don't breathe. And so there is a correlation that we notice. You know, often if I'm taking someone through a breathwork process and they open up this tremendous, deeper relationship, greater awareness of, of the breath, you know, usually the next day they realize how often they hold their breath the next day. Mm. And so it's like, wow, I had no idea I hold my breath a thousand times a day or more than that. And it's, um, I always watch the correlation between like being off in our heads, like being off in thought or the mind. It's like there, it does show up as a disconnect in the breath that shows up as tension in the body. And so to come back and connect with breath, like in whatever we're doing, it just brings us more present into what we're, what we're doing our culture is a pretty mind-based culture and we're taught to taught to have it all figured out and understand everything. And um, it shows up in the body as tension and disconnected breath, shallow breath or held breath. So what is the prop, I guess like proper is a, a weird word, but like, I guess in, in an optimized being, like what is the best way to breathe? For the most part, in, unless it's a specific practice of conscious practice, um, I tell everyone to breathe through their nose. And then my favorite breath practice in the world is how deeply, how slowly, how softly can we, can we move the breath working our way to, I, I give people the challenge of working our way to, to doing a one minute breath where it's, you know, a 30 second inhale and it's a 30 second exhale. The breath wow. is always moving and that's not a place to start. You know, some people will be eight or nine breaths a minute, but it's like actually slowing that down. It brings so much presence into, into our life, into our body just, yeah, has it showing up as in an entirely new way. You do that for like five minutes and it's almost like you're in a different dimension than the one that you started in. Yeah, and that's why it's, 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 it feels so simple, yet it's so unpracticed. And I think I'm, that's why I, when I asked the initial question, I'm like curious as to 
why something like this, I guess it is because we live in our minds and we're so disconnected from the truth that our breath is sort of an anchor into, into our bodies. I guess like, is that why breath work in general kind of breaks open any blockages? And cause I've, I've, I've had breath work experiences myself where, you know, like I'll be, I'll just feel this massive amount of energy sort of flow through my body and it almost breaks open things. I'll have insights. I'll like, I'll, I'll feel these emotional sort of just ripped, like these emotional blockages just ripped open, not necessarily healed, but ripped open into awareness. Is that why that is like when you have an intense breathwork experience, you're, you're almost like breaking open any blockages that your mind make place on you being connected and in your body? Yeah, it, it is a place. That, it's like where we've replaced presence in the body with a belief system or a thought or an identity or an understanding. And so absolutely, if we're doing a specific like deep breathwork practice, it's going to, I always tell people like it's always going to, to give us what would serve us the most right then. If that's this emotional block needs to move today, absolutely. That's what's going to happen. There's a physical healing that needs to happen today. If that's like the next step that would serve us the most, that's kind of where it goes. And so I'm sure you've experienced this, that no breath session is ever the same. Yeah. Right. It's always, everyone can be so different. They can, they can be so incredibly different. Like it always knows where to go. I guess for somebody who may not know anything about breath work and is curious about getting started, like how do you bring maybe a, a beginner into the world of breath work in, in a way that doesn't scare them. I feel like I just scared a bunch of people potentially from like <laughs> trying breath work. Like I promise everyone listening, like it is one of the most profound practices. I, I don't do it enough to be honest. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious, like how do you sort of bring somebody who's new to the world of breath work into these transformative experiences? Yeah. Well, nobody is new to breathing. So we've all got some, some experience hanging out with the breath. So it is a beautiful practice. And again, meeting us right where we're at. So someone that's new to it is going to get uh, an experience that they can handle. I always let people know that breath will never give you more than you can handle. So if, if it wasn't time to look at that, if it wasn't time for that to come up, that's not going to happen in a session. And so mm. it is really, really sweet. And what it, it gives us what we, what would serve us the most right then to blow us out of the water. If that's not, that's not going to happen if that's not the time for that to happen. I love that. I mean, the breath is the medicine of the body. It's almost, that's kind of what you're describing it as. It's like, so it will never actually give you more than you can handle because it's produced by your body. Well, it's, it's also, it's like the breath knows us better than we, than we know ourselves. I don't know if you've had this experience yet in breath work. It seems to be something that, that, that many people come to at some point in time where they realize that, that who and what we really are is actually more like the breath than the physical body. Whereas like we used to refer to ourselves and just treat ourselves as the meat suit and that's it. But we begin to discover it's like, oh, the essence of who and what you really are is, is actually more like the breath than it is the physical body. Can you expand on that? We can call it life force or prana or chi. It's like we're, we're bringing more life force into the body. We're moving the life force and it actually opens up it opens us up to deeper truths, right? To deeper knowings, to our deeper awareness, to our deeper connection. It's like who and what we really are. I hope that's a good commercial for, for, for everyone to explore. But yeah, it, it takes us through everything that we're not. Like it takes us through, you're talking about some of these, like an emotional block. You know, here's, here's a place that I was holding onto that was stuck in my body. And it's like, this is something that I'm not that's being held onto and the breath will help us open that up. 
move that through. And when we open that up, what do we discover is just more of who and what we really are. Yeah. It's like the world becomes more beautiful every single time. I love that. I have this visual in my mind of like almost like this. I know there's like like the orbit, like the microcosmic orbit, like just as energy flows through your body. And like, I have this visual of like any blockages that are in your body, whether it's a disease, whether it's an anxiety or something that maybe it's even a bad sleep pattern. Like as you do and move life force through your body, you're almost like it's a form of healing in its own way. Like it's actually clearing it out with its own essence. Like if you think about emotions, emotions, I've kind of coined them as energy and motion. And so if there's, if you're actually moving energy through your body, you're actually just clearing emotional or blockages that necessarily don't exist in, in a harmonious being. Yeah. I, I like the analogy of, of water. Like energy likes to move just like water likes to move. When water is moving, it's healthy, it's vibrant, it's alive. If we stop water for long enough, it starts to smell and grow stuff, right? Mm. Same, same thing happens in our bodies. It's like everything that's not moving. And so the places we've been holding, the places that we've cut ourselves off from in our body, it's like that eventually shows up as some way as getting our attention, whether that's pain or, or inflammation or full-on disease. Hmm. This is super interesting. So like, I mean, you've done a lot of healing work out of all the things you've done. Like, why did you choose breath work to be like the area of study that you dedicated your life to? I would say you can't do anything without the breath. It's the common thing in everything, right? Yeah. I grew up in martial arts and the only thing that I think I remember from it is we were taught to breathe into our heels. And so with every breath, it's like moving the breath all the way through your body, you know, all the way down to the heels and all the way back out. And it's like, we're being a healthy river. It's like, everything is moving. Everything is, is being washed away, being, being moved, being cleared. What a great thing to learn as a kid. And then that translated into discovering different types of breathwork practices and trying everything I possibly could. I loved it. I also had a healing practice working one-on-one energy work type stuff, working with people. And uh, I love breathwork sessions because no one's telling me that I healed them anymore, right? Like no one's giving their power away to someone else. Like you did this for me anymore. It's like, this is, oh my God, I just had the most profound experience of my life. And it was from me connecting with my own breath. There's, there's nothing or no one else to give your power away to. And so that's, that was one of my favorite pieces of like bringing this in as a teaching to share with people is, is really finding out, letting people open up to how incredible they are, like how just the infinite possibilities that already exist in them. So that one way that I would talk about how I love breath so much. (laughs) Yeah. It's the statement around not giving your power away. You know, if you think about the, the medical system right now, like, you know, how many people go to a doctor and get prescribed medicines and then like, it's like this, there's this idea that the answer is always outside of us. There's this idea that the best thing for us is over there or that person or that being like, there's this inherent lack of trust within. And I appreciate how you're almost bringing focus back to the idea that like, you are the greatest medicine. Like the medicine is like, it's in your body, it's in your feelings, it's in your energy. And I think that's a really powerful thing to to show someone who may not have ever had that experience. It's like, I think it's, it's, I'm just seeing how powerful that is. 
Yeah. And there's no substitute for that. Like that's what we're here for is to awaken up to, to, to our greatness, to who and what we really are. So it is beautiful to have support along the way. And like, we've all had people help us and serve us and support us in some way, but it is all leading back to like, Oh my God, everything I was looking for was already here. Yeah. You obviously host breath work retreats, right? That are more immersive experiences, but how do you teach more of like a daily practice? I guess like what are the more practical daily moment to moment or even day to day practices that one can infuse into their life that will allow them to sort of bring more agency into their consciousness and, and, and feel that power from, from, from their own sort of rituals and routines? My two favorite practices in the world are to breathe and to relax. You know, those are, you can't breathe yesterday. You can't relax tomorrow. Those are both presence practices. And so as we start doing that, it's like we're, we're checking in with the breath, making sure that moving the breath and also checking in with our body and relax. And it's relaxing. It actually requires us to be present to relax. And so I love the relaxation practice because there's no such thing as totally relaxed. You can be like the most relaxed you've ever been in your life and you can still relax and open even more. So we can keep it as simple as as that, you know, when we do a a bigger breathwork practice, like one where we go very deep, you know, and everyone is like, oh my God, that was amazing. And it's like, okay, what you just opened up to, that was here the entire time. That's who and what you already are. And so some of these powerful breathwork practices, these are kind of just for all the times we didn't breathe. These were like for all the times we were checked out because as we start spending more time in presence, like present and conscious and connected in the body, it just starts becoming more of a mystical experience. Presence is, there's no, no possible words to, uh, it's, it is so far beyond like what people call a normal everyday walking around reality. It's like, uh, it, it is beyond words. Try putting words to it. <laughs> so coming back to your practice, it's like, Hey, what's a good practice? Like, how are you breathing right now? You know, what's the quality of the breath? You know, maybe we start exploring the, the exploring what our bodies feel like, because it's it's very interesting when someone's living in their mind. It's kind of like they don't even realize they have a body. They're off. They're thinking about what's going to happen next week. And it's like, what's going on in your toes? You have to call their their awareness back. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot that I had toes. Wasn't even aware of them at that point in time. And so this practice, I, I love this simple meditation of what part of my body do I notice the least right now? And we just hang out in the body and we, we go to that place and start bringing some breath and some awareness there. And it's like, okay, cool. That, that feels good. That's like coming alive again. Okay. What's the next part of my body that I noticed the least? And you do that for long enough. Doesn't matter how long it takes, but eventually we get to this place where it's like, wow, there's no place that I don't, that I'm not like really aware of in my body. And wow, do I feel good? Why do I feel alive? Wow. What's this? It's like, I'm buzzing. Yeah. Presence is a is something I've been really leaning more into as I've sort of developed my own practices over the years. Like I feel like it's the ultimate cheat code. Like when we can practice presence, and I guess breath is one way to do it. Physical movement is another way to do it. I mean, there's these even just mindful eating, mindful eating, and mindfulness practices can bring that sort of connection to what is here and now. And Mm -hmm. how do you cultivate presence in your life? For me, it was very much, yeah, bringing the breath into everything that I'm doing. What does that mean? 
so so this this is coming up to to share like i i used to race bmx professionally and have been in lots of lots of bike wrecks lots of trauma and there was a period of my life where it's like i i used to have flashbacks all the time when i was driving you know i'd be driving on the highway and i would just be like my body would be locked down in tension just waiting for the for a car wreck to happen and so just tons of trauma in the body really seeing it's like i just really had this awareness of, of what was of what was going on and what was required and and the practice was like while i'm driving how how relaxed can i be and and like can i just stay with the breath the whole time so there was a period of time where no radio the whole drive was just all about breathing and relaxing and it was like that that healed i never had flashbacks again when i was driving i never had tension again when i was driving it was just like it, it unraveled that and whatever that stuff was that was being held onto or wasn't moving so a beautiful practice like that you know if if it's like our life is always showing us the next place to wake up, right? Our life is always showing us the next place that we're not present. It's the place that's bothering us. If your finances are bothering you, like hey, they're asking for our presence. They're asking for us to, to show up, to open up even more there or our relationship or, or our body. Something's going on in our body. And it's like, what does this sweet body need from me? Right? It's like, oh, I haven't been paying attention to it. I've just been trying to manage and deal with it. I'm trying to like make this, this go away. I want to numb myself to it rather than really open up and see what this body's trying to tell me. How do you teach people to be present with the discomfort? The discomfort. It's like the, you know, there's, there is a switch in discomfort where, you know, uh, you know, trying to get rid of discomfort makes discomfort like amplified. It's like the difference between invited pain or or the pain that we want to get rid of it's like the pain that we want to get rid of is excruciating if we're willing to to invite pain in if we're willing to open up to it a totally different experience so one of the things when i'm working with people you know i'll often ask someone it's like hey what would you like to receive from our time together and they tell me what they want which usually just shows me the place that they're in most resistance right like i, I want to fix this because here's the part that's driving me crazy okay let's let, instead of trying to fix, instead of trying to rearrange our life so that I don't have to feel this discomfort, let's feel this discomfort. This is where the magic is. This is, this is the opportunity for, for, for growth and healing and for awakening. This is just showing me the place that I've been ignoring. What is the benefit of pursuing a life of growth, healing, and awakening? Oh, man, it sucks not to, right? I, I fully agree. The reason I ask is because... <laughs> And I know that sounds like an obvious answer, but like, I, I feel like most people run from the pain and they run from the hard stuff and they run from their prickly emotions. And there's this inherent sort of like culture to go run away for the weekend or go to the bar or to go outwards. And especially now that the world's really starting to wake up again. And like, it's very easy for us to go back into that lifestyle and so I'm just curious if you could describe sort of like the, not maybe the benefits, maybe not the right word, but like maybe the importance or the gifts that are present inside of leaning into some of these more difficult experiences with, with presence. Well, I think everyone could probably relate to this, but it's like to realize we don't get to run away from anything. Like we don't get to avoid anything. You know, oh, there's that relationship and my stuff was coming up in there. I'm just going to leave the relationship. It's right there waiting for us in the next one. 
Okay, and then we get out of that one, it's right there waiting and usually amplified too, right? Like now it's showing up in a bigger way. And so to realize that we don't get to run away from anything. And it's like, I, I get we've all tried and we've all done it for a, a period of time. And it's like, it, it just keeps getting harder and harder and harder. So it eventually, you know, it's like these life situations kind of put us in a forced surrender. It's like, well, there's nothing else to do here but give up because it hurts so bad because it's so excruciating now. I've had those, <laughs> you know, I try to catch things early now, like, oh, this is just a little uncomfortable. Let's, let's be with this now. So what's the benefit? It's like, you know, leaning into that. It's like actually opening up to the, to the uncomfort now doesn't turn into the disease, the disease tomorrow, you know? Yeah. That's the big one. That's the big one. Any unre anything unresolved just turns into greater, greater manifestations of pain. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like the pain is here to serve us. The pain is like, hey, oh my, here's, here's this place that you can open up even more. Like the thing about opening up every time we awaken to one of these things, it's like, what do we discover is like just more incredible. Oh my God. Like you just got more of you. Yeah. Yeah. Like your capacity to experience all that is in the moment just blows away the more. And I, can you um, kind of unpack the word opening up? Opening up. Yeah. Let me put it like this. And so we could say there's layers of ourselves. We could say like layers of ourselves and maybe the identity or the ego is like the, the thickest bottom layer. As we go higher, it's like who and what we really are is open. The ego is based in understanding. It's based in mind. And so it's very closed. And so opening up is, uh, well, it shows up in our body. Like if someone is really, if someone's really offended, if someone's really in worry, if someone's really in fear, it's like, you can see it in their body. It shows up as tension is locked down. And so, so opening up can be the simplest thing as like, Hey, can you relax your body even more while you're triggered? Mm. Can you find one more breath? Like when, when things aren't going the way that we want it to go. And it is this, this softening, this opening it's, and it's the presence that comes in. It's kind of like, I often tell people like, what if everything just was wanted to come back into our hearts? And so whatever it was, the, the emotion, the experience, the past trauma, it was like it just got stuck because we didn't finally fully open to it and let it back in. Wow. I, 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 I love the idea of opening to what's... I, uh, this has been my practice. I, and the, the, what I, how I gauge how far I've come as I do the work is really, truly like how open can I be inside of crisis and chaos? Mm -hmm. Like, am I retreating to my mind, which is going into that sort of sympathetic state? Or can I actually be in that parasympathetic present state, which is just open? And I feel like that's, that, that sounds like the ultimate cheat code. And at least in this conversation, I'm feeling like the more open we can be, the softer we can be with life, even if life throws its jagged edges at us or it throws a situation or a circumstance that feels painful the more mm -hmm. open we can be inside of it, the more it just gives us the gift of experiencing both the beauty and the destruction. But it's you're 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 almost creating a greater level of of like your presence is greater than anything that's happening outside of you. Like so you are actually just turning yourself into someone that can withstand anything that life throws at you without retreating into fear. 
And it's like, you know, when, when something shows up as a big deal, it's just, oh, it's only a big deal because here's a place that I'm playing small. And that big deal is coming into my life to remind me that, to give me the opportunity to actually open up to that, to that bigness, right? Mm. I've often said it was like, if we really got to see what was really happening here on earth, like the bad days are the best days. Like the bad days are the best days. It's like, that's where the most incredible gifts are. Those are the days that, that have the opportunities to, to, to change everything. Mm-hmm. Bad days are the best days. I love that. Zach, why, <laughs> why are you so inspired to do this work? It is a beyond words, like just, I have to do it. So I, I, I feel so blessed to have a deeper awareness about some of these things, have a, have a deeper experience with, with things. And it's like, I know that I've been, you know, in, in the depths of, of so many things, just like other people have. And it's so easy to think like that, that's it. So easy to think that that's real, that that's like, you know, how many, how many times have we all been like, I don't know if I can get through this. Maybe we've all said that a thousand times. Yeah. So far we're batting a thousand. We're like, we got through everything we didn't think we could get through. And so that, that's, that's a beautiful thing. You know, we, we get to support, we get to support each other. It's like, oh, you know what? I know you're in it right now. I know how real it seems and I know how big it seems, but, but I know that you're bigger than this. It's an honor. I'm, I'm going to hold space for, for you to, to remember that you are so much more than this. I had a question pop up. How does meditation and breathwork sort of go together? The breathwork is an interesting term because you know, there's 5,000 different ways to breathe. And same with meditation. There's like 5,000 different ways to meditate. And so they're very connected and, oh man, yeah, we could probably, we could, we could go all day on that one. How, how are they connected? One of the experiences, like someone does a, a deep breathwork session, they, they, it's like they do go to some of the deepest places of meditation. I've had people that have been like, I've been meditating for 40 years. I come and breathe with you for an hour and I get farther than I've gotten in 40 years. And so this is where I was trying to get to. And it's like, all I had to do was breathe. And it's like, well, that 40 years, definitely that played a part. That was beautiful too, but they they are connected. It's like, what if all of them are, what if all of them are taking us to the same place? You know, they're, they're different roads to the same place and they overlap and they crisscross each other and they're, they're intertwined many times. But, um, I don't know how you do anything without the breath, actually. You know, every, every amazing meditator, everyone who's going to the depths in meditation is they're hanging out with the breath pretty well. You know, there, there's a deep relationship with the breath in their system. What is it that place that we're trying to get to? Ah, it's home, right? Like, it's like the truth. And, and so I, I remind everyone, you know, we have these brilliant minds. They're incredible, but they, uh, they have limitations right? Like minds need boxes. Minds need beginnings and endings and context. None of our minds can understand something that is infinite, you know, as a concept, but it's like something that really has no beginning and no end. Our minds are not capable of understanding. And so I remind everyone who and what we really are cannot be understood by the mind. And so when we are, it's it's like, no matter who I'm working with, it's funny. I would just ask like, you know, what's, what's the issue? (laughs) And they're just going to tell me, here's the place where I'm trading my infiniteness for this story, for this identity, for this, for this understanding, you know, that I can't do this or I'm not good enough or whatever it is. It's like that hurts because it's not true. And so uh, 
to me, it seems like, like everything, it's like everything that's not true hurts, right? Everything that's, that's not in alignment with who I really am is, is going to rub me the wrong way. And so it's leading us back to our truth. And we discover we, we like, if, if someone is living in that story that I'm not good enough and it's like, that story sucks. It hurts for a long time until we finally open up and like feel everything that that story was trying to get us to feel. And then that story is no, no longer relevant ever again. The feeling, feeling the feeling unlocks freedom. Yeah. Like it unravels the story, the story. And I, I love that because I found in my own life, like the stories are always in my mind, but when I can actually allow myself to feel what sits underneath the story, maybe the truth I don't want to believe about myself, the yeah. the shackle that I place on myself when I can get into the feeling is when I am free. And that yes. freedom is that expansive nature of home. It's that feeling that, like, what does truth feel like for you? That's a beautiful, I, I ask people that question all the time. Like, what does truth feel like for you? Yeah, it's the deep knowing and it's expansive, it's connected, it's spacious. And then, yeah, what does it believe? What does it feel like to, to believe that you're not good enough? It's like, that doesn't feel spacious, it's expansive. It's like, maybe because that's not true. Mm. And so instead of taking that as a truth and trying to like operate from like, I have to now I have to go like create a bunch of stuff to prove that I'm good enough to stuff down that story, which is just making that story even bigger and stronger. It's like to realize like, wait, that story was never true in the first place. That's a beautiful reframe. I have this, what seems like in my, in, in my mind, like even the mind is serving us. It's like a story that's looping. Here's this thing that's coming back and over and over and over again. There is a thing. It's like when we really do open up in that story, when we do like feel what's happening in it, you know, feel, feel whatever, like setting aside, trying to manage it or do anything with it and just feeling it fully. It's funny how our mind doesn't tell that story anymore. It can't because the it, it's can't because the mind can't even comprehend the feeling. It's almost like the mind is helping us. Let's think about the next thing. Let's think about the next the the next piece that's driving you nuts. That's just the doorway into more of you. It's like, okay, cool. You took that doorway. It doesn't need to think that thought anymore. It'll come up with a new one. <laughs> that's beautiful. I actually, you know, Stephen Pressfield, The War of Art, he talks about, you know, fear being the North Star. And fear lives in the mind. And so kind of going with what you're saying, like if you follow those, those, those beliefs, those stories, the, the places that your mind is actually showing you, like, oh, I do not want you to go here, or oh my God, do not feel this, or oh my God, da 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 da. It's actually the gateway to to pure consciousness, love, and freedom. It's where that yes. expansiveness exists because everything that's that I've ever been afraid of has never actually worked out the way I thought it would. Stepping into the fears and feeling the fear has only allowed a more ecstatic connection to life and the divine than anything I've ever consciously been able to create. And, and so that, that's, that's a truth to me. Like that, that is a truth to me so far. That bat in a thousand, like that nothing is ever what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. Nothing is ever what I thought it was. And again, like, again, truth cannot be fit into thought anyway. And so it's like, it's always like an interpretation. It's always like, you know, some, some misunderstanding of the ultimate truth. And so it's like, oh my God, I open up to that. How many times have you been like, wow, that was way easier than I thought. Oh my God, why was I avoiding that for 20 years? Like that was so easy. I feel like truth has a, has a beautiful ring to it. 
like once you feel it, like you don't even need to try and go back into your mind to like fight it, unpack it because it just feels so good. And it feels yeah. so like it, it feels like the truth. I'm like, I've made some really difficult decisions in my life, like things that have sort of made drastic changes. And then I've realized I'm, I'm looking back in hindsight right now, like some of the biggest decisions I made in my life were based in me feeling the truth. And if I can look back on my life now and see how my life has changed as a result of me leaning into the truth, it's opened up the capacity for me to experience more in every part of my life. It's almost like when you honor the truth in one area, whether it's you unraveling a story about yourself or having a difficult conversation because you're, you're, you're honoring your truth and you're being in alignment with that. Like it opens up the door for more. Like it's just like this overwhelming feeling state that's just expansive. Yes. Yeah. You oh, know, <laughs> I, I, I do know. And, and there's many ways to get there. And I, I think that's why I'm, I'm inspired by breath work and, and, and deeper modalities like, like the breath, something so simple because it's, you don't have to wait for a life crisis to access it. Like I, I feel like most of the big unveilings of truth for me came from big decisions or big life pulling the rug out from underneath me or like COVID happening or something like big happening outside of me that then forced an introspective look into the truth. But by simply coming back to our breath, by simply leaning into the breath as the gateway to more inside of ourselves, you give yourself the agency to access truth whenever you decide you're ready for it. And I think there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. It's always available. And it's like, we don't find it where most people are looking through it. Isn't they're looking for it in thought. Mm. You know? That's, that's a good point too. You're right. You're never going to find what you're looking for through the breath. Like you're just going to experience what is. You're going to experience what is. And it's like, there, there is a knowing there is a, we do, we are intuitive. We are aware. And none of that comes through thought. Maybe let's unpack this. I think this would be useful. Like, Intuition versus thought. How do you distinguish between the two? The mind is more a computer. You know, it's a computer. It's just, it's calculations on everything that it's taken in before. And so it's like, it, it can calculate about something. But I love how, you you know, we've, we've heard everyone, you and I have said this in our life. It's like, oh man, I knew I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but it wasn't logical. Like logic said to do it. Yeah. But, but I knew not to. And everyone, every single person has, has said that. And it's like, we can't describe how we knew that. It's like, we don't understand how we knew something like that. Because again, it didn't come from understanding. It came from a bigger place. And so it's, you know, it is, it's like, we are so intuitive and aware. But when people feel blocked from their intuition, it's only because they're trying to find it in their heads. They're trying to find it in thought. And so that opening up of feeling, it's like as we bring in more feeling like that, actually, the deeper someone gets into to feeling, it's almost like the their awareness opens up even more. Yeah. It's almost like the, I mean, if you think even of like the conscious versus subconscious, right? Like your conscious brain is what, like three to 5% of your processing power and your subconscious is like 95. And if you think of emotions and feelings as the language of the subconscious, which is locked in here, like it makes sense. The more you feel, the more you realize, the more you have access to the 
the dots connect in very, very, very interesting ways just because you're not consciously computing with a like a, a limited calculator. You've got a TI-83 in the back just that's just putting in all sorts of different buttons and, and, and formulas to get you to a place that is more connected, which mm-hmm. I think is kind of like the word, like for me, when I think about presence, it's connection. Like when I feel when I'm present, I'm connected to a greater intelligence that is not limited to my finite being. It is connected to nature. It is connected to others. It could be connected to my heart. It's like there's there's access to more, and that awareness mm-hmm. is much bigger than anything I can see or comprehend with my physical senses. Yeah, yeah. Presence has no beginning or no end. Yeah, you're right. Presence does have no beginning and no end. It's just presence. It's a state. It's a state of being. Yeah. That, uh, and everything that we could say about it, it's so much more than that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, we're like, okay, how do, what, what, what do I think presence is? And it's like, oh, you can't think what presence well, is. Okay. It's, let's, 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 what's the difference between being present and presence? They, they feel like two terms pointing it. It's the same thing. And neither one of them, like, again, being present or our, our idea of presence, again, is just a concept. It's like, you know, we're pointing at something, but, but the pointer is not the truth. The pointer is not what it's pointing at. Yeah. But everyone knows presence. It's like, you know, the most amazing, like, how does it feel? It's probably the greatest experiences of everyone's lives. Like those moments when they were just like, oh, my God, someone just saw their, just held their, their new baby. Or, you know, whatever it is, just riding down a mountain really fast on their bike. It's like presence. Like it's, um, there's, there's no words to put it into. You just can't even describe it. You're experiencing what's here with everything you've got. I often invite people like, hey, let's, let's set aside everything that, that we want to have, everything that we hope this get, hope that's going to happen. And let's just receive our lives exactly the way they are right now. All of these things that happen where our minds are like, this shouldn't be here. This is a mistake. It's like, no, no, there's no mistakes. Here's this part of your life that's driving you nuts. Let's just let it be the way that it is and receive it fully. Let's oh. feel everything that we can feel in this. I love that. Uh, just the way you described, let's just receive our lives as they are right now. Yeah, That's got a very like, like my shoulders dropped from just thinking about the doing, doing, doing to just being and just receiving. And it, it's, there's a, there's an energetic shift in my body. As I heard you say that, that felt very like calming and perfect. It felt like truth. I was going to say, what does it feel like when you find truth? It's like, yes, you're back that. home. You are home. Yeah. Like you are just home. Yeah. There's nowhere you need to be. There's nothing you need to do. You can access this at any given moment. Mm-hmm. through your breath <laughs> and, and our mind you know it, it is funny because i've watched this happen with so many people it's like you know our, our mind wants to give itself a job again okay well, how do we get back to this place or how do we like it's always calculating and it's like it's always here oh, okay well we can't just be here and present all the time because we got to do stuff and it's like oh we just be present when we're doing stuff like we're still going to we're still going to know to do things. We're still going to be, we're still going to go do the stuff that we're here to do, but it's just a totally different experience when it's coming from presence than when it's coming from have to. 
right? Like no one operating in presence is getting stressed out or overwhelmed or fired. Like it's, it's, we're in love with everything that we're doing, mm-hmm. right? To be present with doing the dishes is like just as incredible as anything else. Oh, Zach, this is just such a refreshing conversation, man. Like I, I feel very grateful, which I guess is a byproduct of presence. Like in that, when you're in that receiving state, like there's just overwhelming gratitude for all that is. Gosh, I, 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 I so appreciate you, man. I feel like I just got done meditating. <laughs> or like, I feel like I just got done, like just, I feel very connected to this moment in myself. And I just want to thank you for guiding me down that. Yeah, I just, thank you. You're the best. Thank you. Like, just, You're the best too, my friend. <laughs> I just love you so much, man. Um, well, for everyone listening, I guess like, I mean, we have listeners all over the world and I know you're in Sedona. How can they learn from you, maybe attend a, a session? Like what's the best way for them to sort of get involved with this journey to presence? I'm always doing something. Something's always happening on well, my website, zachgrader.com. Yeah, there's uh, every every two weeks we do a series called the Harmony Series, which is really beautiful. It's a way to jump into this. They're they're gorgeous. We just had an incredible one this uh, past Tuesday. So, and these are like virtual breathwork sessions. Is that what this is? No, this these are the the Harmony Series is more. They're like a talk and a Q and A, and then there's a meditation that goes out afterwards. So, I'm not personally doing virtual breathwork sessions. I uh, keep those for for in person. Got it. But I would totally recommend people going and finding uh wherever they're at go exploring there's all kinds of you know different nuances different styles subtleties and explore them all because uh yeah find find what resonates for you oh man i just i can't wait to come out to a session in person i mean i i remember the first time we we really started talking about the breath and, and, and the way that you sort of anchored me into just being conscious of how fast I was breathing. And it just like, it always, the, the more I do personal development work, the more amazed I am at how the most profound practices are the simplest. It's just, it's, it is, it's the simplest things. It's just as simple as returning to being aware of your breath. I think that's how, how it was hidden from the mind. Right. Because the mind loves to make things complex and mm-hmm. it's, oh, it couldn't be that. It couldn't be that easy. So let's hide it in plain sight and simplicity. My gosh. Well, Zach, I, <laughs> I just, on that note, man, I just love you so much. Um, I got one last question for you, brother. Um, in the midst of everything you're doing, everywhere you're going and everywhere you've been, how do you stay grounded? How do I stay grounded? With the breath. Absolutely. So, so finding the breath and, and whatever's happening and wherever I'm at, you know, you know, things still, something's not going according to plan. Something just rug got pulled out from under again. And it's like, okay, what's going on in my body? You know, what's going on in what, what, what is truth doing right now? And also challenging those, just, just questioning the belief, right? Questioning the belief. So it's like feeling if the belief is true. So something happens it's like this is terrible i don't know you know whatever whatever the thoughts that come up from this this life event that's uh that we weren't 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 ready for you know some thoughts come up and it's like actually like questioning and feeling the truth of those thoughts right like this shouldn't have happened is that true no hmm. and it's coming back in it's like we're, we're coming back in we're checking back in with our own knowing or intuition and it's like wait none of these thoughts are true 
and we do it's it's like well playing in the thought was like not a peaceful place and then i can find okay truth there's always more peace i'm gonna have to re-listen to this one i just i really (laughs) i felt like i'm there's just so many simple truths and, and, and peace found in truth. And I, I think that was the biggest takeaway for me. There's just this profound level of connection and peace and, and sort of just presence found in remembering the truth. Mm-hmm. And I love the, using the word remembering because I think the mind just forgets that we have this divinity inside of us. And, and, and when we can be reminded, whether it's through the breath or a simple experience or even just mindfulness, it's just you just come back to that expansive nature of what already is. Zach, I just love you, dude. Thank you again for being here and sharing your brilliance with everyone. But everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your new friend, Zach. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.